knows your music. He speaks your mind. He's got you locked on. You're your online radio. The new online radio that makes you happy. Good day, my beautiful listeners. This is MBS, mind, body, and soul, and knowledge worth sharing. Yes, I'm your host, Raymond. Oh, let me just share with you the program for today. We're going to be doing an interview from the Department of Education, and they're going to be telling us more about reading. And after an hour, then we're going to be having another interview from the organization called Cancer Must Fall. They are doing... Um, cancer awareness to all the South Africans and to those who are going through the tough time during cancer and what is required and how you know to stay in shape during the moment and time oh yes my beautiful listeners this is MPS if you just join us you can catch us on Spotify Pocket Cast Anchor google podcast or radio public and if you are listening to us via social media on facebook on twitter just drop us a comment let's hear how you feel oh yes my beautiful listeners things are happening around the world um this um you know life is continuing despite uh, the issue of COVID-19 life is still continuing and I urge each and every one of you to stay positive to stay strong in every challenges that you're experiencing you know uh, in life you just need to circle yourself with the people with uh, you know who has that positivity in them because if you make a mistake of you know sitting around the people who are very very negative obviously you will reflect that negativity inside yourself because you are associated with the negative people so i urge each and every one of you just to stay positive keep smiling despite how difficult the situation is just keep smiling just keep smiling and one thing for sure please let's make sure that we stay at home we become safe let's mind our own business in a very respectable way by doing that we will stay alive and we will stay strong like i said earlier that we're going to be having um two ladies coming in um one from the department of education and the other one from cancer as well they will be sharing with us the the knowledge they'll be sharing knowledge and they'll be encouraging us what is the best way of doing things especially when it comes to the young ones and uh, regarding the reading and the other one from cancer as well she'll be sharing with us the awareness regarding the cancer you know cancer is one of those um, dangerous um, diseases that it can catch you whether you safe or whatsoever but at the end of the day one thing for sure is if you are aware of what is happening around your space around your environment you know you just have to get prepared for anything it's not like you're gonna get sick but let us just get prepared. Let us know what is needed in case if one of our family members um, encounter such an experience or such disease in their lives. What is it that we're supposed to do? What is it that we're supposed to prepare? So as we people of South Africa, we know that, you know, life is life. Let's enjoy life. Let's live life to the fullest. You know, I just want to share with you um, this um, a very funny story regarding reading. You know, how I hated reading when I still in school. It was one of those things, you know, it was putting me off actually. But at the end of the day, when we do the orals, we have to do it. And I, I, I remember so well to the point of saying, I know the teacher just say, Raymond, come and read. And then I just pick up the book and then I look at it and I froze. I froze that day and you're looking at other children they're doing it smoothly and that's when I just realized that you know what reading it needs a skill you need to be skillful um, you need to attain that skill in reading because you find that your eyes are, are forward but your mouth is behind and then when you start reading it's 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 you know you start stammering 
it again you have to be confident when you do that but one thing for sure that improved my reading was i i put more effort in practicing at all times i keep practicing keep practicing until i got it right and you know that you know that self-esteem it came back because i was i was really 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 not confident in reading in front of people because i know i will read wrong words of stammer or you see it's 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 you know such a long thing but i i, I fought hard to get it right even though it was something that i was not proud of but i tried my level best to make sure that you know what i'm gonna fight i'm gonna make sure that i get this string right because i had to do it the reason for me to be at school was to make sure that i know how to read and write and what will be the purpose for me to be at school and not knowing how to read there's a lot of people who are experiencing this problem who don't know how to read but some of them they are finish up the metric but if you can give them the book it's a problem they can't read but they can write it is possible it does happen because i know i've experienced the same thing but today we're gonna find out more about that shortly he knows your music he speaks your mind he's got you locked on you're your online radio the new online radio that makes you happy Good day, my beautiful listeners. This is MBS, Mind, Body and Soul, Knowledge Worth Sharing. Uh, you know, I had this question that I've been asking myself and it has to do especially when it comes to reading at school. We, you see most of the students, they finish up metric and they still have um, that reading issue, especially when it comes to ability and the techniques on how they're supposed to read and only to find out that the career that they want to follow it's something that has to do with multimedia and multimedia it has a lot of reading and all sorts of stuff but what reading important it is to each and every person you know i had one of those challenges when i was still at school where you know when we do the orals and you had to stand up and start reading it has become a problem in my life to the point where my self-esteem was very very low because I had a problem of stammering um, when it comes to reading and the technique of reading was a problem in my life. So when you're supposed to start reading, it was a frustrating part in my life some to the point where you end up dodging those glasses. But you know, they have points, they have marks that you need to accumulate at the end of the day. So. Today, I'm having one of our guests. She's going to be telling us more about how important reading it is, especially if you are a young, even the old people, what important it is, especially when it comes to reading. So in the studio um, today, we're having Sispusi. Sispusi, welcome and thank you so much for allowing us to talk to you. Thank you very much, um, Raymond, for having me. Yes, this pussy, you know, um, the challenge of reading. I know you are driving a project about reading. Tell us more about it. All right. As um, Gauteng Department of Education, we have um, prioritized the promotion of reading in our schools because we have actually seen that the, the studies, international and local studies, have indicated that our learners struggle to actually read especially to read uh, with understanding. So therefore, um, we actually um, had to come up with some strategies to make sure that we get our learners reading. And, and, and it's very, very important that we actually start with the foundation phase, which is our grade R to grade three learners. And uh, that's where, you know, uh, some of our, um, our, our programs actually are, are concentrating. So we, we have the, the, the most important one, which is actually meant for, for schools in, that are in remote areas, that are sort of in rural and farm areas. It's the mobile library service that we provide, and we have the reading bus that actually goes up to schools, and it's actually for foundation phase. We have a librarian and a driver that would actually get to a school and actually read. 
and read to the learners and it's it's just exciting because then it's this bus with all the books and then they would actually have a a mat and then they will have, will have um a, a have you know interesting books for for learners to look at and they would actually read to the learners and allow the learners as well to actually read and either to read as 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 peers or maybe read as as individuals those that are actually you know are, are, are able to read so that's the first one we have quite a number of them so i think i'll start with that one okay i just want to i just want to touch on something you know when i started this um I mentioned something about my reading abilities were a problem. I know that you guys have experienced such a thing, especially when it comes to grade uh, two, three, and four, um, because those are foundation phases. And you come across that there's children who are struggling to read. What do you think is the best way to deal with that issue? Because I think reading is a skill. Yes. Um Remember that, um, you know, uh, when we say to learners they actually need to read, we know that uh, over a period of time they would be able to to actually get the reading skills or they would improve on their reading skills. And um, the, the reading is actually starts in the in the classroom and it, it starts with the, with the teacher. And it, it, in fact, it starts at home. And remember that um, this is what um, our government promotes. It, prom- it, it actually says that reading should actually start when the mother is still pregnant and the mother should actually be reading you know, to, 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 the, to the baby. And, and uh, we do have uh, programs that are run by the Department of Arts and Culture that are meant for, for, for mothers that are actually that have uh, the, the babies. So that's where it actually starts because then they actually listen and, and, and they actually show that they're interested in the story and, um, and, uh, and that actually helps them because then they, you know, children are just inquisitive, in, you know, by nature. So they actually would start just being interested to actually get the book and give the book to the mom to say, please read to me. So, and then it actually, when they actually get to the school system now, that is now in grade R, then the teacher has to actually read to the grade R because they cannot read. And read making all the necessary sounds and read aloud so that they actually understand and repeat some of the words so that they actually get them. And even allow them maybe to say this is this, this is actually because when you deal with uh, foundation phase obviously then there's more there's more pictures or the more there's more there are more illustrations uh, than text so you'd actually say yo this is the text can you actually show me or just tell me what it says and if it's a cow then they would actually tell you that it, it it's it's a cow if they can say it in in english or maybe in, in their african language so that's exactly so it means it has to start in the classroom it is the teacher that would have to make sure that they're able to pronounce when they move now to the intermediate phase which is your grade four five then it's more you know pronunciation they have to be able to pronounce properly and then they'll have to be able to uh, 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 read again with understanding because at that point when you say to to a grade three and four read they should actually read and understand the story and so that when you say tell me what what you've been reading and then they should actually just summarize and say no this is what the story says and so that's exactly what 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 uh, what is important that it starts in the classroom and it's the teacher that has to make sure that they read with understanding and they understand what they actually read and oh. the pronunciation and all that as well okay you 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 know when you started you mentioned something um regarding the the project that you already starting to run and it was already it already started actually um by the Department of Education, where you're moving buses uh, as a mobile libraries and all that. I just want to check, 
are you guys getting more children reading engaging reading um, especially you've mentioned something like a rural area but this is not an issue only on the rural area it's an issue that is around the country to the point of saying if everyone can be embarked in this journey of reading definitely will be a different country because with my own understanding reading is getting more knowledge in what is happening around the world and on that note how is it how is the project going and what is the respond in 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 that uh, i'll tell you that um you know um the schools that we actually visit it's schools that um have committed themselves that they would actually uh, uh, support the service and so when 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 and and it's important that you you actually get a teacher that that is enthusiastic about the reading that um understand the importance of 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 reading and understand the importance of the literacy pass as well and and because if 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 that actually if if the teacher understands then then it's easy then for the learners to actually come to the bus and sit down and actually listen to the to the librarian reading or perhaps uh, read themselves if it's grade 3 then they're able to actually read so i've seen that um with the lit- with the literacy bus or the reading bus we have more or schools that uh, have shown a lot of interest and they actually get excited learners excited and they actually look forward to the to the bus so uh, we have not been able to to actually uh, see the impact of this reading bus but you are actually go- going to be conducting a study so that we actually understand the impact of 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 the literacy of the reading bus No, okay you know you mentioned something again which is quite important you say it is very very important for a pregnant mother to start reading um because it it's it's like it's a passing of inheritance to to the child that he she is going to give birth to and it has reflected especially in my life when i had uh, my daughter you know i just realized right there on the spot that you know what she likes reading and i need to make sure that i read for her and that is one of the things that pushed me to improve my reading skills my ability so that it becomes simple for her to become interested in reading because as soon as she sees me as a father reading to her it becomes um a much more an exciting you know when you read to your child they're like yes you know daddy can do it it's not like they forcing us to start reading but them themselves they are not engaged in in reading when it comes to those issues now my next question is this there are projects that you guys are running which project that you are pushing not only for schools even for the elderly people is there any other project that you are pushing for the whole community in South Africa is there any other project that you are doing we 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 actually uh, do not have a uh, projects that would actually include um include that is now parents or maybe um especially parents we do have a young writers program that is actually meant for targeting young people that are aspiring writers and that are emerging writers and those are actually meant for you know um, our youth and uh, even our some of our learners you know our great um, primary school learners have written high school learners have actually written and and obviously um, adults as well you know our 18 to 35 year old and and because of the of our history we've actually allowed some of our you know we do get a uh, young writers that are foot that we allowed to submit their books that are 40 years old or or, or 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 even you know 45 or 50 so that's 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 the only one that where we actually just get to actually work with um with other young people outside the the, the school system the the young writers program oh, okay there is this project that i had um that has been 
being pushed by uh, is the minister um, drop and study or is the drop and learn something related to that how is that one going yeah the the drop all and read a program campaign it's actually the campaign that was started by the minister of 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 of, of basic um, education and we as provinces are just implementing um, in our province, I think in 2017, we actually launched it. And what it meant was that uh, schools should actually uh, set aside 30 minutes once a week to allow learners to read for enjoyment. It, they could actually read anything that they want to. It could be a newspaper. It could be a, a book. It could be a, a, a comic book. It, it could be anything that they actually want. But during the time, everybody has to stop, including the teachers, including the the, the, the general workers and uh, in the school. So um, since it started, we, we, we do have schools that have, that have taken it very seriously and they are actually implementing it. And obviously we have schools that, you know, reluctant, they don't do it all the time. And we have district officials that have actually been monitoring just to make sure that we get, we actually get all the schools participating and ensuring that the 30 minutes that the ministry said that it has to be set aside for reading, that they actually utilize it and make sure that learners actually use it. Oh, okay, that's that's um, pretty quite exciting to hear that it's not only the students, it's not only um, Department of Education that is requesting, you know, to make sure that everyone become part of, of these um, learning activities. Mm. But now the most important thing is, is I realize that it becomes a problem, especially when, to, when it comes to parents, um, to encourage their children in the issue of reading languages um, in all that because reading is so important because each and every uh, subject you need to speak you need to read to understand a specific question or to understand a statement that has been posted on there so how do you encourage the teachers or how can you encourage um, the parents to make sure that they keep reading, especially to their children. I think it's important that we 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 get the parents to understand the importance of reading because, you know, we actually promote that learners, learners should actually be allowed to read for for enjoyment, just nothing to do with school but just for enjoyment so that they actually uh, start enjoying just reading and because with reading there's vocabulary obviously you know and uh, would be improved and then they would actually be able to to pronounce properly and then it builds con confidence as well because um, you know when, when a learner is able to read right in front of the class, then it means that learner is, is very much confident. And with, with parents then, what we uh, have been uh, uh, encouraging them is to, to buy books for the learners instead of buying toys. Because I think there's a lot of money that is wasted for toys that are used maybe for a week and then are, and then are actually thrown away. So we're saying that instead of you know buying a toy, just buy a set of books or maybe one. I know that at times people would say that books are expensive, but they you know obviously for foundation phase you you can actually get a book for thirty nine rands ninety nine. So you can actually be able to select good written and well illustrated books in in in, in the either CNA. And then you can actually, I think it's PNP, the other uh, place where you can find it. And then we have, uh, we have publishers as well that sell their books and they actually sell them. And they're not actually expensive as well. You can actually get them, yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's what we promote. We promote for, for mothers, uh, for fathers to make sure that they actually start buying books for their, for their children instead of buying toys. I know that we're competing with uh, computers 
uh, our children actually are now they have they own you know the smartphones they have all those gadgets and we are competing with those but then what we do have the digital library for those that would actually prefer to to use their gadget we have a digital library that we that has been developed it has interesting books and we've allowed schools to register and then learners as well and they register and they we give them their uh, their password and they get into the system and they actually read they can choose any book that they they want to read and it's like getting you know getting into a library physical library but in this case it's actually a virtual library and then they actually um, can select the book and then they can read and then they they're allowed um, I think two weeks to actually um, return the book if they don't return it in you know in, in day 15 the book just disappears so it is quite an interesting and and yeah and we're promoting as well that to the parents because not all schools have wi-fi's wi-fi's and so therefore obviously it's a it's a it's an it's a program that has to be promoted uh, uh, perhaps yeah discussed with parents so that we get them to actually buy into the program and make sure that they allow their children at home to use their laptops and and have the wi-fi and and be able to read and 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 the system would actually allow them to read offline so it means they can select the book and then they can actually download it and then later they can read it offline and then it means no data would actually be be required or be used wow that's 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 very beautiful mm. to get that mm. because i mean um we are in the fourth industrial revolution where um things are electronic and um, people are trying by all means to move away from the hard copies and all that mm. but at the end of the day what is written it need to be you know to be put in mind so that we know what is happening around our country we know what is happening around the world mm. so most of those things they are sitting inside the books and it is very important for each and every one of us to make sure that we always read uh Sispusi, one more word um what would you say to the young kids during this moment of COVID 19 because they're sitting at home i think they have enough time on their hands to start reading what uh, message you can send to them just to make sure that you know what keep reading and keep reading yes you know this is the time where uh, learners uh, have been at home for for a long time and um and uh, we are encouraging them to actually read more and and we are encouraging parents to actually buy the books for learners to read because obviously we can always um say to learners read and read but then we need to make sure that they have the books provided to them to be able to read so that's what i would actually encourage and it's more parents should make sure that you know our learners actually read and they should as i've indicated make sure that the books are available the community libraries were actually closed uh, but i think in level two they will be opened so there are guidelines that have actually been developed to make sure that that learners actually are safe when they actually have to go to the library and and borrow a book so um and and i know that with sabc education as well they are quite interesting uh, programs that are being run and yeah so then that they should actually um give themselves time to actually sit and listen because um remember that if if by by just sitting down and listening listening to somebody that is actually telling you a story it's very 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 interesting and as a learner you actually learn just by listening to somebody else reading and then it means you yourself you'll be able to actually read or perhaps um, uh, write a story and be able to read to other learners as well or maybe read to your to your grandparents as well um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm I'm so excited, especially when it comes to the issue of reading. You've mentioned um, that you have um, the program that says each and every Friday you have that 30 minutes where you sit and you start reading, irrespective of who you are in the country. We drop everything and then we start reading the books. I think I'd like to introduce that as well to to the radio station and say you know each and every wednesday we need to sit and start reading and so that we 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 you know we bring more people especially when it comes to reading let it become our our nature let it become 
part of knowing exactly what we want to achieve in life. So on that note, I just want to say thank you so much, Sis Busi, for uh, you know bringing this into our, our our notification to say you know what reading is important and it's a must for us to keep reading and it's a must for us to keep encouraging young ones to keep reading at all times yes. so thank you so much sis busi it means a lot um to my beautiful listeners, thank you so much. It it means a lot. If there's any information that you need to find out more about this, um, just leave us a, a voice note uh, on the app so that we can um, get Sis Busi to come back again or maybe she will bring other uh, colleagues to guide us more about reading and encouraging our young ones. Thank you so much. Thank you. He knows your music. He speaks your mind. He's got you locked on. Your online radio. The new online radio that makes you happy. Oh yes, my beautiful listeners, reading, reading, reading. How important reading is in our lives. Because, you know, for you to know, to get to know something, you just have to read it. Because most of the things, they are written. So it's very important to teach ourselves how to read. It's very, very much more important. Um, we like to say thank you so much from the Department of Education for allowing us to talk to one of the officials and share with us what it is that they are doing regarding the issue of reading. Oh yes, my beautiful listeners, I remember I promised you that um, we have a second interview from the organization called Can Summers Fall. Um, she's going to be with us anytime from now. And yes, let's get to know more about uh, cancer. This is all about cancer awareness. And she is a cancer survivor as well. He knows your music. He speaks your mind. He's got you locked on. Your, your online radio. The new online radio that makes you happy. Oh yes, my beautiful listeners, this is MPS. If you just join us, you can catch us on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, Google Podcast, or Radio Public. And if you are listening to us via social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, just drop us a comment. Let's hear how you feel. I'm so excited this beautiful afternoon. And my beautiful listeners, I hope um, you chilled. Everything is great. Um, you know, in life we always have our own challenges and some of the challenges they caught us on the blind side, unexpected. And it, 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 you know, it has brought me to the point of um, there was this other guy that I knew and he, he became a, um, a role model somehow, the way he started his um, broadcasting system and all that. But at the end of the day, you know, circumstances, they can catch you on the blind side. On that note, I just want to say to each and every one of you, my beautiful listeners, I'm staggered by your generosity. Your support means a lot. But now, I'm about to touch on something which is very, very serious. Um, the reason for me to bring this issue is because of lots of people, they are experiencing this, but they don't know how to deal with it and what are the challenges regarding this issue because it can catch up with you at any time whether you like it or not it's something that is totally uncontrollable um, on that note allow me um, to talk about this issue we're going to be talking about cancer it's it's one of the things that really really has um, shaken people it doesn't have an age or you can name it but at the end of the day when it catch up with you there's a lot of things that are gonna be required especially when it comes to financial support and all that so um, this afternoon my beautiful listeners I have um, one of the cancer survivors uh, she's gonna introduce herself she's from one of the organization called cancer must fall so she's gonna introduce herself um, and tell us more about the experience that she went through during her journey with um, with, with the cancer yes so welcome thank you uh, my name is Kelly um, 
I'm a cancer survivor. I was diagnosed with uh, HCC, which is hepatoma cancer, which is a liver cancer, and that was in 2013. So I survived it. I'm in remission currently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I have, you know, I always wanted to ask this question because I've been hearing it from different people, but I just um, want to ask this question to you. You know, you started this journey whether you liked it or not right. due to the circumstances that, you know, happen. Right. But now, my question is to you, how was life before and life after you hear it the first day? Oh, wow. Life before. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Everything was going well. Um, I was working. I was a mother to a three-year-old that time. Uh, during the year I was diagnosed. So it was, yeah, everything was normal and uh, started getting sick at the beginning of 2013. And um, as, you know, as, as people do self-medicate most of the time. So I had symptoms. But I didn't, like whenever I went to a GP, they wouldn't do extensive tests. They would just, you know, give me something and I go home and treat myself. And sometimes I just go to the pharmacy and buy medication and control my nose bleeding and other things. And uh, only uh, in April uh, 2013, that's when uh, I got a, a second opinion from another doctor. And he referred me to the hospital where they had to do a biopsy and I had to wait uh, for, for results because they had to do a lot of uh, tests because they were not sure what kind of cancer. Actually, they were not sure what was wrong with me at that time. And only in October, the 29th of October, 2013, I was diagnosed with cancer. So when, you know, when the doctor says you got cancer, it's like, no, like not me. <laughs> so it, it, it's something that I, like many people, until it happens to you, you just don't think that it will ever happen so when i when i had the last test were i think they were in august and my doctor told me that you know what there's something wrong with your liver and you know to take you back a little bit in 2003 i was in a car accident um i was seven months pregnant and uh we we were involved in a car accident and all occupants of the car passed on and I was a sole survivor and the child passed as well. So during that accident, that's where my liver got damaged, including my lungs. So I stayed in hospital for about nine months and once I was discharged, they told me that I would still have issues with my lungs and liver. But 10 years later, I was diagnosed with liver cancer. So my doctor, one of the doctors that treated me, because I changed doctors so many times. So he once said to me, he thinks that it actually, um, it, my liver was initially affected by the accident because it never healed. It never healed. So it was just weak um, from that time. So he said to me, maybe it was due to, you know, the injuries that, you know, that I sustained during the time of the accident. Uh, but the other thing is, if, if maybe it healed, you know, maybe I wouldn't be here, but only God knows why <laughs> things so, happened the way they happened. Yeah. So, you know, we always um, went to the GPs and the doctors and you can yeah. name it all. Mm. But, you know, there is this time in life when the doctor calls you into the office and says, take a seat. I have your results, but before I tell your results, right. are you ready? <laughs> it didn't happen like that with me. <laughs> okay. It took me two weeks to actually go and get my results. So, so which means the doctor called you and yeah. then you delayed, yeah, you delayed did. the whole process. I just, I just told him I'm busy, I'll come. And honestly, I was busy, hmm. but I was scared as well. Because most of the time, with the results that I, I have received, like since they were testing me from the beginning of 2013, most of the time they'll tell me over the phone. So when he said to me, you need to come through, we need to sit down and uh, we have a problem. We need to check how to tackle this problem. Then I told myself, oh my God, uh -uh, this can't be me. <laughs> Those can't be my results. And the morning when I got the results, 
um, I was going to Pretoria. I was going to court and I was with a client. And when he called me, I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to court. I'll come back and then, you know, we'll, we'll chat about that. And he could see that, you know what, it's been two weeks. I've been just postponing and postponing. Yeah. And, he, you know, he was just like, you know, we need to do this. We need to meet. And I went, I went there. Um, the funny thing is that he was not... He, he didn't know how to break the news to me. So one thing that he did, he knew that I loved, um, uh, you know, going to hospitals and uh, care, like playing with kids who, who got any kind of disease in hospitals. That I've been doing that since 2010, since I had my daughter. So um, he said to me, I need to take you to a different PD ward. This time it's it's a different one. You used to go into these other ones, the bands and all those yeah. things, accidents. But I need to take you to a different one. He took me to a oncology pediatric uh, ward, and it, everything was normal. And well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think of anything. And until he said to me, "You see, um, what treatment does? Uh, the kids were, all of them were, were were sick. You can see that they are in pain, and some of them were just." Um, I think they, they just started treatment, most of them. They just started treatment. Mm -hmm. And after we left that ward, we went to an adult ward. And then I saw the ladies, you know, without hair. And it's like, he was like, uh, do you think you can bear living without your hair, losing weight? I'm like, dog, I need to lose some weight. I, I need to lose some weight. But the hair issue is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> then he got one of the ladies who was um, working with him to okay. actually get me to a room and then tell me that but I, I it was it was difficult you know the words cancer you've got cancer like okay are you talking to me really and she was like no no, no that's the truth it's just that the doctor has been with you through this journey and he's emotional about that and I understood because we were so close to that he actually he felt like we, he was like family now so okay. he said yeah. the lady was like you know what he is emotional about it as well because uh, this is not what he was expecting so we yeah it, 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 it was it was like everything is ending now like my life is ending and I, I i kept a secret that was october i only told my family in january that i had cancer so, so how did the family uh, take it in how did they digest the whole story okay my when i say january i told my family i mean my sister and my brothers um as for my dad and my mom I told them in June uh, when I... So even your sisters, they kept it quiet, your, your, your brother and your sister? I asked them to actually keep okay. it, yeah, between between us. Okay. And because I didn't want to, because my mom and dad are old, Sharon. Yeah. They are, so I didn't want to stress them. But when they started me seeing me losing weight uh, after the surgery, uh, surgery was on the 14th of uh, February um, yeah. in, in 2014. So... After surgery, then there was chemo, and those treatments, they, uh, they take it all, hey? Right. This is exactly what I want to ask about. Yeah, 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 it's not easy. How is chemo? Because I've been hearing people explaining in a different <laughs> way, and um, yeah, people are hallucinating yeah. during chemo and all that. So how was it for you? Chemo was hell. I have to be honest. It was hell. Um... If I see someone like uh, going for chemo and starting treatment, I, I always know exactly what they're going through. I went through that and there were times when I didn't want to go back for my um, chemo sessions because I felt it was too much. I think the first, second and third cycles um, it worked on my mind as well because I, I was so depressed most of the time. Um, they gave me, they referred me to a therapist because they needed me to also get um, emotional, you know, help psychologically to be yes. balanced. So I went through that. Um, I think the lady saw me before the chemo, but you know, she she spoke to me and. I was like, you know, it's gonna be difficult, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that. I was like, ah, I 
don't think so. <laughs> and I Google, Dr. Google told me, ah, it's going to be harsh. So I was like, okay, so maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll, I'll overcome that because I'm a Leo. You know, most Leos, how we oh. approach things. <laughs> so I thought to myself, ah, I'm just going to kick this one. Uh, but it kicked me, Shem. I have to be honest. But I, I it's, it's all about the mind. And when you tell yourself that I'm going to be strong, you will you will stumble along the way but it doesn't mean that you have to give up so for me it was that painful it was harsh and uh, i was a mother to to a three-year-old that time and it was difficult for me to to, to actually even care for my child and um during that time the person i was involved with left me you know when you when you get sick most everyone thinks yeah Ish, exactly yeah. yeah this uh, other things and mm. uh, i was i was i was left to take care of my daughter alone and um there was a lady who was helping me but it was even difficult for her the lady who was helping me fatima um she well she, she cared for me she, she tried yeah. But you, you must understand that after chemo, I, I used to drive myself for my cycles to, to, to the hospitals yeah. and come back and okay. driving myself. And then when I get home, I'll be so sick. Sometimes uh, I remember this other time I had to stop on the side of the road vomiting. Like I throw, I threw up like <sighs> for I think an hour because I had to sit outside the car for about an hour just so that I can be okay. So yeah. it, it, it was not... It's something that it needs you to have support, like family support. Exactly. But I remember that time I was still hiding it from my family. Yeah. And I didn't want to um, overwhelm my mom and dad about the whole uh, situation. So I had to do things myself. Like I had to drive myself there. I had to take my child to school before I go to for, for, for chemo. But the following day, obviously, I wouldn't be able to. Then my neighbor will, will be able to, 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 to do that for me. So I had a support structure that initially consisted of uh, my my siblings yeah. and few of my friends and my circle of friends is very 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 tiny so it was just two friends who knew about it exactly, and yeah. for for people who are going through the, the the treatment if you don't get the support I'm not you know I don't want to compare people with me because I was hiding the issue because I didn't want a lot of people to know but there's people who actually go for treatment they are diagnosed and when they go for treatment they don't get the support they need and maybe they don't even have the means to take themselves to the hospital so family support it's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's an important structure that a person needs to have because when you come back from chemo like i said you throw up you, you you're not okay your, your body is in pain and you change uh, i i was uh, from size 34 i went to a size 30 and but that, that was in 2014, and towards the end of 2014, I was going to size 28, and people were now starting to... To recognize yeah. exactly what, uh, what was going through. The thing is, the, the one thing that, that kills people, uh, that kills the, what I can say, the, the courage in yep. people to actually fight and face this, because the, the stigma around cancer, uh, people still see cancer as um, witchcraft. Other people still see it as witchcraft. And they, some, they think that you're getting cancer because you've done something wrong you know, to God. God is trying to punish you to, you know. Oh, wow. And, yeah, people think like that because through my years of uh, pub, pub, public speaking about cancer and teaching people about cancer, I've actually realized that a lot of people are, are not able to speak up because they are they are afraid that there's gonna be a uh, sideline and, yes. and all that exactly yes wow mm-hmm. wow my beautiful listeners you can hear it. it it doesn't sound pretty good actually um when you're experiencing such difficulties and you don't have a proper support structure and you experience something even more than that besides the supporting structure and there's a stigma uh hanging around on you um we'll continue um, our discussion right after this he knows your music he speaks your mind he's got you locked on your your online radio the new online radio that makes you happy (laughs) 
Welcome back, my beautiful listeners. Um, to those who just tuned in, we're talking about cancer. This is one of the things that it's it's busy, you know, eating people up, you know, because it deals with the inside out of a person. And at the end of the day, your mental health becomes more affected. And the more you need support, the more people that distancing themselves away from you. So, you know... To my next question, mm-hmm. how did it affect you financially? Wow. Um, at that time, I just started saving my articles, so uh, I had to stop going to work. I had to work from home, and I was given a time period to say, if I don't come back in six months, uh, the company will have to replace me. and. Uh, they replaced me they did and I started now you know diving into my savings it's 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 expensive I had a medical aid at that time yeah but that didn't cover everything that I was uh, the, the, the cost of the of the treatment because there's other treatments that they will cover maybe 50 percent 75 percent then you have to cough up the other money just to, to top it up so financially it is well it wrecked me uh, I don't know about others how they, they experience this, but a lot so, of So what you're saying is, in case if you don't have a medical aid, your chances of surviving cancer in South Africa, they are slim. Yes, it is. And, and the thing is, many people, okay, a lot of people that I've met who go to public hospitals, um, they complained about having to wait for a long time for treatment. And it's because our public hospitals, they don't get... Um, like let's say maybe I, you come today and you're diagnosed, they won't immediately start the treatment uh, the, the, the next day. There has to be procedures to follow and they have to be waiting periods. So when it comes to tests, it's not like private hospitals where they test you today and then they start with, with, with treatment maybe next week and then immediately you you know, you know recover. So with, 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 with public, public hospitals have very good doctors there there's there's professors that i know doctors that i know in in in, in public hospitals yeah who, who who i can assure you they they know what they're doing the only problem is uh with i don't i don't want to blame the government though. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm just saying sometimes our health system gets uh sort of slow when it comes to um, other matters which are of, 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 of emergency so a lot of people tend to undermine public hospitals uh, because of the slow pace that, 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 that's, that, that's spoken about but when, when, when you're in private you can get that fast like the quick treatment that, that, that you need like immediately the doctor can just refer you to this one refer you to that one and you'll get the treatment but you know what it's money. It's money. Look, it's, exa- it's exactly what I'm saying to say, you know, in each and every human being, life comes first. Right. And you always hear the government, they say, we are here to save life. Exactly. And life is very, very much more important. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there is a tied up of the financial implications when it comes to those issues right. it's not like each and every person who's working can afford medical aid medical exactly. aid is, is quite expensive yes. there are those medical aid that covers to the certain point like you just mentioned right. so these are the things that you know as as a south african as a south african you need to look at them and um and see how you can you know you can break it down so my beautiful listeners you can hear the challenges that people are experiencing especially when it comes to the issue of uh, uh medical aid how to deal with those issues between there and there and how to come across so we'll talk more about it right after this he knows your music he speaks your mind and he's got you locked on you're your online radio the new online radio that makes you happy So, yeah, coming back, I, I just want to touch on this other issue. What would you be your advice, especially when it comes to the financial implications um, regarding the issue of cancer? 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to say maybe I could advise a person uh, a certain way because things different, it, it, like happened differently to, 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 to people, to different people. So in most cases, when you go to a doctor and you're told you've got cancer, and mind you, some people are diagnosed, they're given the results, they don't even know what, 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 what cancer it is, they have to do the research themselves. The doctor will just tell you there's a type of cancer that you have we need to immediately do this and that they don't get enough information so it's important to ask it's important to ask and it's important to 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 to, to get advices from people who've actually walked the, the the journey so most of the time if a person is diagnosed i always tell them just ask your doctor sit down with it because my diagnosis was they told me okay you've got hepatoma i'm like okay hepatoma I wanted to reach for my phone, they're like, okay, it's hepatocellular uh, carcinoma. And it's like, still, I'm blank. Like, I need to... So they gave you those heavy words exactly. that, exactly. you know, you need yeah. to... So many people are diagnosed, even if the person can understand what kind of a cancer it is, they don't know uh, the financial implications, you know, associated with that. They don't know the treatment that's going to be associated with that. And most are very... People, when, when they get the news, because... It's, most doctors, uh, medicine doctors are not as harsh, but most doctors that I've heard of, they will tell you you've got two months to live. Wow. Imagine someone tells you you've got two months to live. It's, it's emotionally, psychologically, it, it just wrecks a person. So, um, they, if, if let's say someone doesn't work and they, they depend on, on, on public services, obviously they will have to wait their turn in terms of uh, treatment. And that can take a while. And there's, 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 there's I've, I've got a foundation, Cancer Mass Foundation. What we do is that we advise people, we do awareness, um, teach people about cancers, the pros and cons, and what you need to do maybe when, when, when you're going through treatment. What kind of foods are, are better, you know, compared to others. And when we do that, like when you go to hospitals and talk to people about that, they will tell you, I don't even have money to buy those vegetables you're telling me about. What I can have in my house is bread morning, bread during the day, and they, most of them, they, 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 they are people who, who cannot, who are, who are not working, who cannot afford the types of foods that we are supposed to eat when you're on chemo. Because when you're on chemo, actually, when you're diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. I always tell people they're like, nah, that's not it. So you need to stay away from sugar. Yeah. There's other foods that you need to stay away from, but sugar, it's, it's, it's. It excites the the cancer cells. So, oh, okay. if you are on on, on, on treatment, you've been diagnosed, and you still have those chocolates. Oh my God, I've got a sweet <laughs> <laughs> So it, it it was difficult for me to actually cut those off. It was very difficult for me to do that. But I I managed to do that because I ended up not having appetite, and eating was just something that I would do maybe during night time because after that I'm going to sleep then I won't be moving around a lot so that's what I, I I thought yeah maybe if I okay. eat late, late at night then it will be better but I only realized later that I should actually try and eliminate um, other foods that actually made me uh, throw up a lot they made me sick more, more more sick especially when I was going through chemo so with with, with people who are a person who's not even working imagine if they have to get um, they, they can't eat, like they can't keep food down and they have to get maybe shakes, um, that the meal replacement shakes. It's going to be difficult for such people. So my foundation also will look at what people need uh, because it's, it's a foundation that's run by me and a friend of mine, Tami Shabalala. Um, we know we've been through that. He's a survivor as well. So we know we've been through that experience. So whatever that we know that a person needs, we try and raise funds and buy stuff for those people. So there's survivors and fighters who we have taken under our foundation. So every month we assist them with such supplements because we know these people need them. And sometimes with public hospitals, they don't even get uh, the maybe pain medications that they need you know, to, you know, to be able to manage this. So we try and meet them halfway and get them whatever supplements that they may, they may need. So, this is Cancer Must Fall. This is Cancer Must Fall. Um, when did you start it? It was in 2015 when I started it. So, it was um, an idea that I had 
after I met Uzanelo Lady Z um, through a, 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 a cousin of mine. She's a biker and she's part of Can Survive. So Can Survive, it's, a, it's, a, it's an organization, it's an NGO. They do uh, cancer awareness as well. So when I met her, she introduced me to the group and then I joined them and I had that thing of uh, I could do this as well. Um, I could actually... This because I I I I I I I I think I registered the foundation beginning of 2015. I only met them uh, towards the end of 2015, but I joined them on their ride in 2017, where we went around uh, South Africa to teach people about cancer. So it's a group of bikers uh, doing cancer awareness. So me forming the movement of cancer must fall. Uh, you remember during the time here. Uh, Fismas fall. Oh. Yeah. Then my daughter was like, "Cancer must fall, just like Fismas fall." So that's where the name came from. So from my daughter. So I just formed it to say, okay, maybe I'll do something with it. But I just, you know, shelved it. It was there. And then until I met uh, these wonderful people who do cancer awareness, then I told myself, okay, maybe I can do this as well. So I am part of Cancer Cancer Vibe, and then I am uh, the, the director for Cancer Must Fall as well. Okay, so um, do you have sponsors in your organization? Uh, we currently do. Uh, we just uh, had a, a big sponsorship by a guy, Kenneth Ramano. Okay. Uh, we call him ATK Man. Um, he's on Facebook. <laughs> all, all, all over, they know him as ATK Man. Yeah. He had um, four comrades this year yeah. because they were not able to, to, to participate in the You know the way they do every year. Yeah. Uh, he decided that he was going to do a sport run in his own garage, run on the same sport oh, okay, for 90 cool. kilometers. Okay. So for that, uh, he raised funds for the, for our foundation. So we've got different people who raise funds for our foundation. So we don't have uh, like a situation where we we struggle a lot in terms of of funding because we always have projects to say we are running this project. We need. Uh, sponsorships and people will come and, 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 and assist so apart from um, the, 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 the patient um, support we also do um, cancer awareness in schools in churches so now because of the COVID uh, restrictions we're not able to do that but once uh, you know we are able to move we'll be able to, to continue our work going to schools going to communities and we don't charge them we just for the for some people sometimes they're afraid to call these organizations will say maybe they will charge us maybe they want a payment for for doing this but we do this because we know people need information people need to know exactly what's going on you know with their bodies and when they are sick other people ignore the signs and even others even after diagnosis they don't want to take the treatment and they end up uh, losing their lives so we try and motivate people to be able to actually uh, come out and and, and talk about uh, their, their experiences so i think that has helped And it, I think it will help a lot of people if not only cancer must fall, other organizations do that as well. No, okay. Yeah. Now, um, if people want to give a hand, right. they want to come on board to sponsor mm-hmm. for the great work that you guys are doing right. um, to other people, because you know it's, it, it becomes very difficult to try to help someone who doesn't right. want to be helped at the end of the day. And then you witness someone who had a chance to survive, but you couldn't help that person because of, uh, you know, maybe financially fallout or whatever, those kind of stuff. So how can they contact you guys if people want to come on board and help you around? Yeah, um, our email is cancermustfall at gmail.com and uh, cell phone number 071-098-8583 as well as 083-996-0465 so we we will be open to you know anyone who wants to either donate uh, funds or just come and meet their time you know when we go um, and do awareness uh, at different places so we really really appreciate that so anyone who's willing to help us we, we are here Wow. So even on Facebook, are you there as well? We are there on Facebook. It's Cancer Must Fall Foundation on Facebook. Um, and on Twitter as well, Cancer Must Fall. Um, and on, uh, what's this other one? Instagram? Instagram, yeah. It's Cancer Must Fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's Cancer Must Fall, all platforms. 
Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, my beautiful listeners, you heard it all. Um, this was uh, actually our first session. She's still going to be coming in. Uh, so to encourage other people and to share more information regarding the issue of cancer and to make sure that, you know, those who are experiencing these difficulties of, you know, needing help, but they didn't know how to do it. This is the platform. That is why we are here. MBS, mind, body, and soul knowledge worth sharing. It means a lot, guys, that you know what? There are people out there who really, really um, willing to help other people because they've went through the very same problem and they're experiencing uh, the difficulties of how to reach other people. And they felt the journey, how tough the journey was. And from my own understanding, I know um, that cancer, it comes with different forms and, you know, and stages and all those kind of things. But at the end of the day, the most important thing that you need is the support. Thank you so much, Kelly, for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. He knows your music. He speaks your mind. He's got you locked on. Your online radio. The new online radio that makes you happy. Thank you so much, my beautiful listeners. That's it uh, all for today. Um, I will definitely share the details on how to get hold of Kele regarding the Cancer Must Fall organization so that they can be reached other people who don't have that support and you beautiful listeners all over the world you are welcome to help uh, where it's necessary to be helped this is MBS Mind, Body and Soul have a very beautiful afternoon your music he speaks your mind he's got you locked on your your online radio the new online radio that makes you happy